Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. Today we're talking about intentionality at home. You know, as I try to do on every Tuesday show, I bring it, Martha joins us, and we talk about issues affecting the family and affecting our marriages. And today, and the reason we do that on a work related show is because everything that goes on at home, whether it's in your marriage or whether it's with your children, all of those things are rolling around your head. And when you go to work, they're still rolling around your head. And we need to work on those things because God's priorities look like this. God first. Our personal walk with Christ is number one. Our relationship with our Heavenly Father is number one. Number two is if you're married, your relationship with your spouse is number two. That's your number two priority. Number three is your family. And it's your number one mission field. It's assumed that you've married a Christ follower. So your number one mission field is your children and leading them to Christ. And other things follow after that. Your workplace would be your fourth priority. We've got to make sure that we've got at home under control. We can't be working all the time and expect our kids to be normal and and end up being Christ followers and great family people and great spouses. If we don't invest time in them, then our kids are going to be screwed up. Sorry, honey. I just said that word on the radio. It's okay. <laughs> so today we're talking about intentionality with our kids and preparing them for college. And that starts right around the day they enter kindergarten, maybe even earlier than that. And we have joining us today, Jen Garrett. She is with InterVarsity 
Is that University Christian Fellowship, right? Yeah. University <laughs> Christian Fellowship on at Eckerd College in St. Petersburg. And she's here today to help join in the conversation because every day she's working with college kids, discipling them and helping them overcome the challenges on a college campus. We've got her joining Martha and I today to be able to talk about these things. Jen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Okay, so Martha, we've got we, we've got this big issue. You and I've got two kids in college. That's right. How do we do preparing our kids for college? I don't know. It was kind of funny because we were talking about the topic yesterday, and that's exactly what our daughter asked. <laughs> She's like, "So how did you do?" <laughs> I'm like, "Well, in December they're both supposed to graduate, so I think we we did pretty well." But one of the things I was thinking about is that you know when you're a parent. You're always busy in the stage that kids are currently in. So I don't think we often spent time thinking about the next stage and preparing for the next stage and getting ready for where they were headed. And I I think talking about intentionally doing that is powerful because looking ahead and preparing um, can lead to way greater success for them. Jen, we want to get your take on this. We've got a whole hour full of conversation ahead of us, but before we do so, as we do with every guest, we always want to know I want my listeners to know that I bring on guests that have Christ at the center of their lives. And so I want my audience to hear from from you, a missionary right here in St. Pete at Eckerd College. I want them to hear from you. How did Christ impact your life? Well, I grew up in a church home, um, but when I hit the college scene, that's when the Lord really met me on a more personal level. Um, The Lord actually spoke through one of the Bible studies I I had attended at USF St. Pete. Um, And he really called my heart into this like total and complete surrender. It was a moment that um, that I knew that there was no turning back in a way. Um, That night, we actually studied the John 21 passage passage where um, Jesus reinstates Peter by asking him, do you love me? Then feed my sheep. And I really felt that the Lord wanted all of my life at that moment after I had, you know, gone through the Bible study and realized that it wasn't just about me calling myself a Christian or doing it because my parents thought it was the right thing to do, but it was actually the transition into which I was becoming a true follower of Jesus. Um, And so from that night forward, I really just continued to obey him and really continued to follow him on campus by leading others and um, on this path of surrender that I myself was going through. Yeah, that's By the way, that's just a lifelong path of surrender because there's always new things that get added on. And you're like, oh, yeah, I got to surrender that one to the Lord, too. That's a daily thing. (laughs) Okay, but now, God, you graduate from USF St. Pete, which that's University of South Florida. For those people that are listening around the world, University of South Florida has two different campuses, one up in Tampa, North Tampa. Tampa, uh, up by Bush Gardens, and another one down here in St. Petersburg, and that's for those environmental studies, marine studies. There's a whole bunch of science-related things right there on the bay, right? Yeah. Beautiful yeah. water. It's a, it's a gorgeous. <laughs> if you want to send your kids to one of the most beautiful campuses in the country, it's right here in St. Petersburg. Very, very nice. And not too expensive either. Okay, so, but you, you were born in New York. You uh, grew up in Orlando, so your parents really loved you. They moved you to Orlando, so you spent every day with Mickey. You went to college <laughs> in St. Petersburg. You graduate from college with a, I think you said media and journalism degree, and yet God called you to go as a missionary right down the street to Eckerd College with InterVarsity. How did that happen? Well, I mean, it actually started while I was still in college. So summer of 2011, I was already a leader in InterVarsity. Uh, the semester that I had been leading for was really great for me. Um, I actually went to a conference at one point that the Lord was reminding me of my passion to see college students kind of freed from this 
this prison that we were in on college, on the college campus. Um, And so my passion to want to reach college students with the gospel really came through. And so at the young age of 19, I really felt the Lord ask me, do you love me? Well, then feed my sheep, just like he originally did at that one Bible study. Um, And honestly, as I started to volunteer at Eckerd College, even my senior year, I found that that was a college that desperately needed Jesus and no one was doing anything about it. Um, So I really started to make seamless connections with the students there, and I really felt that God had called me to lead there. Well, um, I'll get into more (laughs) of how much of a struggle that was later on. But What's been the toughest part about that calling so far? I mean, you've been been doing this for about a year now, right? Yes. So Uh, what's been the toughest part? So the toughest part for me has really been sacrifice. Um, I, a lot of people want to come to me and say, why did you give up such a great degree? Why did you decide to do this? You know, this is the lesser role. And I really thought to myself, I could either be the next big thing or I could help to create 10,000 next big things. And really, mm. Ooh, I... Ooh, that's a good line. We need, <laughs> we need to repeat that. Repeat that line one more time. Um, I could either be the next big thing or I could help to create 10,000 next big things. And I think that that's where my um, passion was when I decided to reflect back to that John 21 passage, you know, and Jesus saying, do you love me more than these? Well, then feed my sheep. And I really put everything else um, on the sidelines to follow him in this calling. That's fantastic. Okay. So when we come back from the break, I want to, I want to get into what you do on a day-to-day basis with kids, because as a basis for our conversation on how to intentionally prepare our kids for college, you've got a list of things we're going to talk very specifically about during the show today. I want to talk about how are you learning these things? First of all, you've gone through college. So have we, but you know, it was so long ago, they didn't have running water even when we were in college. <laughs> but so we want to talk about the basis of where you're learning these things. So the parents understand you're coming from a point of wisdom and knowledge. We just got started on our conversation with Jen Garrett, who's with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, talking about intentionality at home and preparing our kids for college. But before we get back to Jen, as we do each day, we highlight a book that I believe will help deepen the impact that Christ is making on your life. And as always, this section is sponsored by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. The book we're highlighting this week is called The Value of Core Values, and this applies personally as well as professionally. The book is written by Lisa Hudiman. Successful leaders know the right strategy is needed to compete while the right culture is needed to succeed. That's why they identify, define, and live by core values aligned with the vision of the business and with their soul. I recommend you get this book so you can look at how you're running your business and how you're running your life because our core values determine exactly what we do. And as our very famous friend Todd Hopkins said last week on the show or a couple weeks ago, these are our decision filters. Get the book. Read the book. The book is called The Value of Core Values by Lisa Hudiman. And you got to get the book and read it because you can't wait for the movie. We're back live and in studio with Jen Garrett with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. And Martha thought it would be really good to ask this question. Well, I just think it'd be good for all the listeners to know what InterVarsity is. I think we've heard that term for a lot of years in that organization, but there may be a lot of people that aren't familiar with what that means, especially on a college campus. People probably thought we're talking about sports, you know, intramurals. No, we're talking about (laughs) InterVarsity. Go ahead, Jen. Absolutely. Well, InterVarsity is a Christian fellowship organization. We're a nonprofit organization nationwide. We're on over 600 campuses in the U.S. And basically what we do is we are groups on campus that really want to offer 
an opportunity for students to respond to Jesus. So we'll do that through a myriad of different ways. We will, um, you know, invite them to look at Jesus in a Bible study setting, one-on-one Bible study setting, or we might invite them to like our fellowship parties, um, just so that we can uh, build a stronger personal relationship with them, and then also invite them to lead others on campus as well. And um, we have InterVarsity on most of all the campuses here in Pinellas County. Um, Eckerd is in our planting stage right now, Um, but really we want to offer that community to students on campuses. Awesome. Okay, so we were talking before the break about you being called to the campus, and we were talking about InterVarsity, Martha said, well, we got to make sure people understand what InterVarsity is about, and that was a great comment. Let's talk about what you do on a daily basis with students that gives you the perspective that we need today on intentionally preparing our kids for college. Well, typically on a daily basis, what I'm doing is I'm coaching students. Um, I'm walking with them with their walk in Jesus. So if we're looking through a passage and they're kind of struggling with something, I'm there to listen. I'm there to kind of really just hear what they have to say, hear what the Lord's doing in their hearts. I think a lot of times we find that students are jaded by the church. Um, and so, What do you mean by that? Well, I really feel that um, in an atmosphere where they're starting to question a lot of things and they want to know why things are happening, um, you know, we'll do a Bible study and they'll say, well, why did Jesus, why did Jesus do this? Why did, you know, the disciples do that? And I think that um, in the college setting, we are providing a platform, you know, to allow those questions to be asked and then group discussions, we're answering them. Um, but in some forms, either through leadership or either through just not wanting to go to church anymore, um, the students have really fell away. And so we are kind of a parachurch for them on the campus. All right. So you're having conversations, heart-to-heart conversations with these kids. And after you've earned their trust, they start to share things with you. They start to share their struggles with you. They start to share what's going on at home. Uh, they start to share what's going on on campus. So you become some sort of a, a, a sort of confidant for them, correct? Absolutely. So we are... We are the mentors for them really on the campus in that way. We'll encourage them. We'll empower them to lead others. Um, We have students who have struggled with so many different things. We had one student struggling with depression who now wants to reach out to students who are depressed. And so we really encourage them to go and seek out students who are in need of, you know, what they actually went through as well. So how are parents doing in preparing their kids for college? Overall, how are they doing? I think they're doing okay. Oh, come on. Let's be honest here. (laughs) This is a show, and I'm not trying to be a glass half empty kind of guy, but honestly, the kids that you run into, how many of them are really prepared for the freedom and adventure and all of those things that the world has to offer on college campus? I mean, it is a 50-50 sort of situation. You know, you have some students who are over-prepared, who have everything that their parents told them to bring, everything that their parents told them to do. Um, But then you actually have a large number of students who are actually rebelling from, you know, this kind of lifestyle that they lived at home, and now that they're in college, they get to do whatever they want. And so a lot of those decisions aren't really based on, you know, just good moral um, decision-making, I guess you could say. There's nothing that really you know, prepares them for that transition. That's so big. So how do you find those kids? I mean, you've got the, there's those kids that grow up in in church and who have really adopted their faith, really made it their own before they get to the college campus. They're the ones going, I got to get involved in a Bible study so I can stay in the straight and narrow. Okay. So you've got those kids. How do you get the other kids that are, that as I like to call, they got to college and they exploded. They've been under the firm iron grip of mom and dad, and the minute they get to college, they went, 
and everything is game. They're going to try it all. How do you uh, how do you get all of those kids? Well, don't um, get all choked up, Jen. It's okay. <laughs> well, one one way we actually do it is we are incarnational, so we will actually go to where these students are. Um, we really like to look at the model of Jesus and how he did ministry, and he went to the people he was trying to reach. So something that we always do is. You know, if we find that there's a big party happening in one of the dorms, you know, we'll usually go and try to um, just really reach out to some of the students that are there, get to know them. We've gone to, you know, campus events that are tend to be really popular, but, you know, you wouldn't necessarily find Christians there or people who, um, who would have wanted to get involved in our ministry. But um, we really just want to seek the people where they're at when they're in those kinds of atmospheres. What do you? Let's talk about some of the things that kids are really specifically struggling with at college, because I think that that's really important. What What are you seeing that like? What's the number one struggle kids get to college? Well, one struggle that I find is um, just students being able to keep their faith in college, and that might seem really simple, but I have a perfect example. When I was on the Eckerd College campus, we were doing prayer surveys, and um, one of the four students we were surveying was the was a Christian. And the questions kind of yielded to, you know, do you pray? You know, do you attend church? And this only Christian student among her four friends was very embarrassed to answer yes to some of these questions. And I really think that what happens is that they go into an atmosphere where they don't um, have any outlet to really be um, the Christians that they were raised to be, I guess. And so in that retrospect, they want to fit in with the crowd. They want to be into what's happening, you know, they don't, they're very uh, ashamed maybe to be a Christian in some settings because that's not what's popular on the college campus. You know, Martha, we, in, in getting our kids, you know, our kids went to a Christian high school. And so, you know, one of the biggest concerns we had was they would go to college and all of a sudden they wouldn't be prepared for the real world. What are some of the things that we got our kids involved in so they would be ready just for what Jen is talking about here, this, this inability that, that be able to really take their faith and plug it in and be bold in it instead of cowardly in it. What are some of the things that we plug them into? What did we plug them into? They did a lot of ministry. Like what? Um, what did we do? They uh, they came alongside us and things that we were doing in the community um, with our friends, different outreaches and things like that. Just um, a lot of what our kids did with us was live real life. Um, we're, we tend to be parents that talk a lot about what's going on and Although I don't know, I know we didn't do everything right, because that would be amazing if you could um, cover everything that you've ever wanted to talk to your kids about. <laughs> Joshua but, and Sarah, if you're listening, I'm assuming you're saying, oh, of course you did everything right, <laughs> Mom and Dad. <laughs> but um, I think that we just tried to expose them to the real world as best we could. You know, one of the things one of the things I was thinking of, we did a couple things. They went, uh, our, at Indian Rocks, our kids got involved in... Um, Oh, now I'm going to forget the name of it. The the high school group, they went out to Solid, Solid Rock. Rock. Solid Rock. Yes. And uh, mm-hmm. both Joshua and Sarah got involved in uh, breaking uh, wood over their head. And, uh, they called breaking, it karate. Karate, that's what it was. <laughs> they, but they went out and did ministries in juvenile delinquency places. They went out and shared, yes. learned to share their faith during yes. those four years in high school. Yeah. 
And what was really neat about that ministry is that the kids are being exposed to other kids their age that have made poor decisions and ended up in places they wish they wouldn't have. And um, But being able to share with them the love of Jesus in that environment was incredible. Well, and here comes an unpaid advertisement for Indian Rocks Christian School. One of the most fantastic things about Indian Rocks Christian School is that part of their high school curriculum requires the kids to get involved in ministry during the week before spring break. They have to do something. And our kids had the privilege of serving locally and internationally. That's right. And so they got to take their faith across the globe and do it also right here in Pinellas County. And I think that made a huge difference. I mean, they were prepared to take it to another level because they had had to experience it in other countries where, I mean, it was it was just an interesting, I just love that. It is, that is why every parent should enroll their kid at Indian Rocks Christian School is because in high school, they are required to go on mission trips and get exposed to third world stuff. It is fantastic. Well, I think, Jen, you were talking about how when kids come to the college campus, they're either in a state of rebellion or they're so well equipped that they're not going to you know, go out of any box or anything. But I think that having seen real world um, helped our kids to know, you know what? The world doesn't revolve around me. Yeah. It's a lot bigger than just <laughs> yeah. what I want to do and what I'm getting credits for or who I get to meet. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're finding that all the time with students that they're in that either I'm in one track, me, myself and I, or I just want to make everyone else happy. And so to really help them find that happy medium is what InterVarsity really strives to do. You know, we focus on personal relationship with Jesus, but then we also invite them into a Christian community where they are you know, needing to act like an axe community, if you will. One of the most amazing things was the level playing field that college freshmen entered on. You might you might have been the jock of the year at high school, the head cheerleader, the most popular person in campus, but the minute you go to high school or in college, nobody knows that anymore. You are now just another name. When you're on these campuses, you know, I know a lot of parents that send their kids off to college and you're just hoping, boy, just I'm hoping they're gonna be okay. But do kids still need their parents once they get to college? Absolutely. Um, Will they admit it, though? <laughs> no, they're not going to tell you that they need you. Um, but that, it's really nice. So let's, let's repeat that again. <laughs> Do kids still need their parents on the uh, once they go off to college? Absolutely. 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 But are they going to call home and tell mom and dad that? Nope. <laughs> okay. So just listen up. Mom and dad, don't be ignorant. Yeah. Your kids still need you, but they're not going to tell you that. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to know that you'll have a parent call and check in from time to time and really offer to pray for, you know, that final exam or that term paper. And college students need to know that they have your support, even spiritually, um, while still giving them enough time to really just like spread their wings. It's good to always make a point to support them, encourage them. And don't forget to tell them how proud of them you are, because sometimes they can easily forget that, you know, being in a in a space where they have to perform all the time. Mm. I know that one of the things that I hope I did well, especially with our son who went away to college, was the um, I love texting because one of the hard things for a parent is remembering, okay, when are they in class? When are they trying to sleep? When are they doing their homework or studying, you know? And you can always send a text. And um, I felt like that was a way that I could send a quick encouragement. They could get it when they wanted. It wasn't always a, hey, you need to do this or send me that or, you yeah. know, a to-do list, but just a, hey, I'm thinking of you today. I'm praying for you. Um, so I found that that was a, a safe way for me as a mom to, you know, share that love a little bit 
Yeah, absolutely. And speak into them. So. Hey, do you need any money? Yeah. <laughs> Have you checked the oil in the car lately? <laughs> Have you done your laundry this month? I'm so proud of you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Forget- You're the best. That's right. Sandwich it with positive on both sides. <laughs> and it's also really good to have, to make time to listen to them and just hear their college stories. Um, it's also a really big part of the support. A lot of times it could be, well, this is everything that's happening at home, but they never really get a chance to share. This is what's happening with me at college. So it's really important to listen as well. Well, and we always try to, you know, when we were calling our kids, you know, Sarah hasn't gone away to college, but she's often at class or studying or whatever. She loves, apparently Starbucks is her second bedroom. Uh, but we just, hey, you got time to talk. You text them that. I mean, that's really the only way to really communicate with kids today. You text them yep. or you Instagram or, or, or Snapchat them. Snapchat. A picture of your face going, huh? <laughs> Would you like to talk? I know they don't have words on Snapchat, right? Do they have, is that a video? Can yeah, they snap video you're, there? You're talking a language you don't even you can I have, words. <laughs> You can have words? Yeah. I have no idea. I just know that that's how kids talk these days. Okay. I'm not even that old. It's so ridiculous. Don't bother sending them emails. That much I know. So what you're saying, though, is that we should actually listen to them and not just shoot a bunch of questions at them. Yes. So sometimes it's important to just ask one question and then see what they say or see kind of what their experience has been and maybe not be so quick to correct them, but more <laughs> say just kind of debrief the situation with them and say, well, how did that go for you? How did that make you feel? And mm. kind of act as their little mini psychiatrist for the moment. Because <laughs> <laughs> college life is going to be really crazy. And if they have a familiar voice that they can really express themselves with when they can't really share that much with everyone there, mm-hmm. it's really comforting. Mm. Well, and, and we also ask that question, would you like my perspective on that? And they had the permission to say, not really. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what are some other things that parents can do? The kids are off to college. You know, you're saying communicate with them. That's great. The kids really want to hear from them, even though they won't tell them that. What are some other things that parents can do proactively? Well, they can visit their kids. <laughs> visit. Now, we were talking in between the shows. You said that while you're away at campus at USF, your parents came to visit you how many times? They're going to kill me twice. <laughs> now, twice. mom and dad, don't get mad at Jen. <laughs> I put her up to this. They So Orlando, it's a two-hour drive. Yes. They only came over twice. Um, Did you not tell them about the incredible restaurants in St. Petersburg? I mean, they came for my wedding, so they well, love the restaurants here in St. Pete now. So they only came <laughs> once before the wedding? <laughs> no, they helped move from time to time. but Oh, so you only invited them over to help for slave labor. <laughs> so maybe that was the issue. You never invited them, hey, Mom and Dad, can you just come buy me dinner? You didn't do that. You said... Mom and Dad, can you come bring the truck or the SUV? I'm I need moving. to move again. <laughs> yes, yes. So really, it was your fault. They didn't want to come over because they were tired of moving you. Yeah, probably, I'm sure. And the drive is exhausting after a while. <laughs> it is only two hours. It is not that bad. Besides, I-4 is the second deadliest road in the country. Oh, my gosh. And it and it's, there's all kinds of really cool stuff to see along the highway all the time. There's people <laughs> crashing and rolling over. And okay. All right. So one other, Martha. So I was just reminiscing about the times that we've gone to see um, our son at college. He's got a name. At Joshua. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> and remember, I mean, move-in weekend, how overwhelming is that? Oh I mean, that's so just like, funny. wow. And then... You know, that was when the dorm room smelled good. Mom doesn't really need to stay around and help unpack and it all that. It was so, so awkward. So the next time we came... Then the dorm room didn't smell good anymore. parent weekend, and that was a lot going on as well. So, you know, it's just, it's interesting education for the parents, too, because really you just want that time with your child and get to meet some of their friends and things Do like that. Do we ever so, go to any parent meetings? 
No. No, we did not. We <laughs> no. did walk around a lot. It was great to Actually, see Actually, we didn't know it was parent weekend. We just happened that was the weekend that we could go. So, But the nice thing was is then we weren't the only people over 20 on the campus. <laughs> but that was when we filled up his gas tank again right. and we made sure the oil was changed. And we and dinner, bought him groceries. Groceries. Right? Yes. Bought a mistake because he was eating dorm food. <laughs> oh yeah, all those necessary things. All right, so going to visit, uh, calling him and checking in with him, encouraging him. You mentioned in your notes praying with him. Yes, I really think that that's a really big help when it comes to just really encouraging them in a spiritual way. Um, a lot of times, you know, they're not going to get that spiritual guidance that they need unless they are connected with a Christian community on campus. So you're really the only Christian community that they have. So being able to say, I'm praying for you, let's pray on the phone together, you know, or even asking them, has the Lord really shared with you, you know, what you want to do? There's so many students who are coming in with like undecided majors and just like, I don't know where my place is in the world, but really guiding them spiritually to hear from the Lord on that. I think is the best thing parents can do. All right. So what I want to do, okay, so now we know what can we can do once our kids are there. What can we do to start preparing them? And, and I joked at the beginning of the show, we need to start at kindergarten preparing our kids for college. But I think some of the things, what are some of those things that are really good to prepare them for? Because when kids get to college, they need to know how to balance their checkbook or, or their debit card. They just make sure that there's money on the account. You know, they don't even, kids don't even know how to balance checking accounts today. So Don't get that, started on that one. Oh my. So a budget. They need to know how to take care of their car if they have a car. They need to know how to feed themselves. They need to know how to cook. They need to know how to clean. They need to know how to do laundry. Yes, yes. Those are going to be helpful. And your roommates will appreciate that if they, if you come from a family who's going to teach you how to do all this. Bathing. They need to know how to yes. bathe. Which if, if you've got a son and he's interested in girls, the bathing thing comes natural because they want to smell good. Yeah. But girls' dorm rooms, they're hideous. They're horrible. They are very bad. They are horrible. I, everybody, yeah, I don't, they're horrible. They're really bad. I know I shouldn't know that. <laughs> Martha's just shaking her head. She is speechless. Okay. I, I don't know from recent experience. All right. We've been talking with Jen Garrett from InterVarsity Christian Fellowship about intentionally preparing our kids for college. And yes, you may ask, why are you talking about that on the I Work For Him show? And here's why. Your life at home impacts your life at work. If your life at home is not going well, you are going to be distracted at work. And as a Christian leader in your home, I'm talking to the men, it is your responsibility to lead your children. And as husband and wife, it is your responsibility to equip your children. So we are talking today about equipping intentionally your kids for college. Martha. Well, I was just thinking about our theme for today. And when I was walking around the bookstore, this book jumped off the shelf. That would be Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Karis Christian Books and Gifts. And I I think it's just a good point to think that there are a lot of resources out there to help people with this whole topic. Um, A lot of people like to have a checklist and things like that. This specific book that I picked up is called Preparing Your Teens for College. Faith, Friends, Finances, and Much More. And on the back of it, it was really interesting. I was just reading it, and it said, Will my teen's faith be strong enough to withstand the tests of college? Will they focus on their studies or squander their free time? Will they form healthy relationships or join the wrong crowd? And then it goes on to say that at a time when college has never been more expensive, too many of our children are failing. What makes the difference? And this is so key to what we're talking about today. Character, a strong faith, and a willingness to delay gratification. And where are those traits learned? Ideally at home. So it sounds like this book is a great resource for exactly what we're talking about today and starting it at home and getting your teen 
you know, delay, delay gratification. That was huge when I just read that. Listen up, parents. If you give your kids everything they need. No, excuse me. No. If you give their kids your kids. Let me just start that over again. You say it. If you give your kids everything that they want. You're going to screw them up. <laughs> delay gratification. Here's here's why. They get to college. They've got student loans, which, by the way, that's a bad idea. Get your kids through college Without loans, because there are too many kids today graduate from college with $100,000 in debt. They can't go do anything, even get a house, rent an apartment. They're going to move back in with you. Do you want your kids to stay away from home? Help them pay for college. You know, I'm just going to interject. If you listen to Dave Ramsey right before us every day, um, he almost always the people that are doing a debt free scream, a huge portion of their debt was their college loan. All right. We need to prepare these kids intentionally for college. Jen, you had one thing you want to make sure we said today about what we need to do to help prepare. Well, I really feel like actually the Lord's leading me to say something else, something that I always found very helpful from my parents. One thing I've learned from my parents, um, and I've remembered hearing this um, in university, is just hearing this words, these words of showing your scars instead of your trophies. And if you do that with your kids, you're going to really create this kind of trusting relationship. Not to say this is how I, you know, did everything right, but this is where I made mistakes too. And I think once you can make yourself relatable to your teen who's going through a lot of changes in college, you'll actually gain their trust and respect. And you really need to remind them that, you know, you as a parent, you're not perfect, but God is perfect and God loves them. Um, And he sees them and he will always value them because college is a time where you're constantly questioning Am I worth it? Am I am I valued by the people around me, my atmosphere, you know, how well my grades are? And so understanding that they serve a God that loves them regardless, I think is what you can instill as a parent. And then also being an example by leading like Jesus does. And that's in a servant-hearted way. Mm. So really what you're saying, to put it shortly, is be transparent with your kids. Mm. And that is how our kids learn. Don't hold up like you don't make mistakes. One of the greatest things I think I did for my kids was never, I was always real with them. I was admitted when I screwed up. I didn't have no problem admitting when I was wrong. And I had no problem asking their forgiveness when I'd made mistakes. Yeah. So being transparent Transparent. All right, but I love what you said about Martha when you read faith strong enough to withstand the test of college. It is the personal goal of almost every professor on that campus to destroy your kids' faith, to question them and make them question what they've been taught as they grow up. And we need to teach them how to how to defend their faith and to understand how real Jesus is. It is your job as mom and dad to instill that in them. If it's the only thing you accomplish, it is the most important thing. But there's a couple other things. You need to teach your kids about credit before they go to college. Why is that important, Jen? Well, it's important because the students are going to be getting a bunch of financial aid, and you don't want them spending it on puppies. And, and right, but what, what's and the other I thing? remember even when we were on college campus, every corner had a credit card company trying to get you to open up yep. accounts. But yep. you and you get a free T-shirt. Yeah, I or love maybe free T-shirts. Even a coffee mug. A free T-shirt and coffee <laughs> mug with the school insignia on it. That's right. But we need to teach our kids practical things as well. And this starts in the minute they can start doing these things, you need to start teaching them. You need to start teaching them how to cook. Yes. Yes. And that means you may need to know how to cook mom and dads, because too many mom and dads are, are they, they, they don't even know how to cook. The most important thing you can do for your family each and every day is eat 
dinner together, which involves mm-hmm. cooking. Teach them how to cook. Teach them how to clean. That's a defense mechanism so when you go to visit them in their dorms, you don't die of Ebola or some <laughs> other strange disease. But you need to teach them how to clean because they need to know what's essential, and cleaning keeps them from getting sick all the time at school. You need to teach them how to handle a budget. You need to teach them how to do their laundry. Yes. It's important. Yes, you can change your underwear all the time, but turning it inside out all the time does not really make that much of an impact. One of the things I think is really important, teaching them time management. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, absolutely. Time management. They're going to have so much free time, more free time than they've ever had. And they're going to waste it away if they're not right. smart about it. Right. There's no big yellow bus picking them up at 7, bringing them home at 5, and telling them what to, somebody telling them what to do all day long. Uh, so you need to teach them the interviewing. Practice interviewing is so important for your kids. Have them. They need to be getting jobs in high school, at least during the summer. But teaching them how to interview because it's so important that they can actually have adult conversations without going, yeah, you know, like, I really, really like uh, to do this job because, like, I think I'm pretty good at it. Like, you know... They, kids talk like that. It drives me stinking crazy. <laughs> but the relationship. Well, I want to close on a relationship, Jen. You said relationships, learning of healthy relationships before they get to college is so important. And the problem is there. A lot of adults need to learn how to have a healthy relationships so they can teach their kids. Absolutely. It's very important because we find that students are just not having healthy relationships between friends, between girlfriends and boyfriends, and even between their teachers and them. So it's just really um, something that you want to reflect as a parent, say, well, this is how we're having a, you know, a relationship that honors God, and this is how we want to teach you to have relationships with adults and everyone else. I had two things that I was just thinking about there. The song that we just came in in the last segment is powerful, and I would encourage people to look it up, and I'll post the words tonight. But it's be strong in the Lord, fight the good fight. God's got his hand on you, I already know. And it's encouraging your child that you know that God is a part of their life and encouraging him in that. And the other thing is the movie God's Not Dead is coming out soon um, to video. It's been in the theaters. And a lot of that is about defending your faith in college. Absolutely. So it's a, what great a great film. resource mm-hmm. for people that just don't know what to so do with it. So God it's God's Not Dead. God's it's coming out dead. in theaters near you. No, it's coming to DVD. Well, it's coming to It'll DVD. Be it's already sale, been in theaters. Um, I think the ninth. Okay. Listen, I'm not going to redo the the Marriage Retreat Cruise commercial as I do again at most of the time at the end of each show. But I want to encourage you to go to our website. If you're a married couple and you'd like to invest in your marriage, come along and enjoy a weekend with Martha and I and 20 of our closest friend couples, which we're inviting from all over the country, on a weekend where you can work on your marriage in a group separately and also enjoy the Caribbean. And also enjoy a day in Cozumel. Come join us. Check out all the details on our website, iworkforhim.com, iworkforhim.com. We've tried to keep the price right around $1,000 for a five-day, four-night cruise. Please check out the details on our website. On Thursday's I Work For Him show, we'll continue our theme talking about intentionality. We've got Lisa Hudiman coming to talk to us about intentionality with our core values, both personally and professionally. You know, the I Work For Him show is here about all about purposefully equipping vibrantly effective Christ followers in the workplace. And we would like you, the business owners in Tampa Bay, to be part of our show. If you support the vision of I Work For Him, please contact me, Jim at IWorkForHim.com, and I can get you to be part of this show on a daily basis in front of hundreds and hundreds of people who are listening to the show each and every day and then listen to the podcast at night. My contact information, Jim at IWorkForHim.com. That's Jim at IWorkForHim.com. On the IWorkForHim website, you'll also find tons of great resources, including the show schedule, the guest schedule, and all kinds of recommended reading resources for you to incorporate Christ into your workplace. 
All right. Jen, thanks for joining us on the show today. Thanks it was a so lot much of fun. For having me. Uh, it was great to have you. And if you'd like to support Jen, we're going to have all kinds of contact information for her on our Facebook post tonight so that you know how to get all the Jen. She needs some supporters to help support the ministry that she's doing right there at Eckerd College, right in St. Petersburg. All right, we're on Facebook. Take time to like us, please. It's also how you find out about what's going on on our show and other uh, information about the guests after the show. If you liked what you heard on today's show, you might want to check out some of our past shows and archive of all of those shows are available via link on our website iworkforhim.com thanks today to todd riley for doing a bang-up job of engineering the controls for today's show again keeping me on time anything you want to share with me just send me an email jim at iworkforhim.com we're christ followers who own our own business but ultimately i work for him